When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another episode of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host. And today we're going to be breaking down the Hula Bowl, which is going on right now in Orlando, Florida. Game time coming up soon. Uh, Mark Jarvis with us. Justin, not today. Uh, he will be back on the show here later this week. So uh, without any further ado, Shane, let's get this thing underway. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. With the first pick... In the 2023 NFL Draft. The sickest NFL Draft show. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick. And the sickest podcast uh, on the planet is brought to you by DraftKings. This year, you can uh, make sure that you download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use DraftKings code SICKSPORTS. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. Uh Go to DraftKings. Get in on that sportsbook action, man, because that is the place you can uh, win your crown. Joining me now is Mark Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis, as we are now loaded in, how are we doing, man? I'm doing great. We got measurements. Hell yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the most like, fired up you've ever seen me on the show. <laughs> seeing oh, man. Yeah. No, no. Because I sent it through the group chat. I was like, we got measurements. And yeah, then I saw after it, like you had just tweeted like two minutes prior. I had spent already like 15 minutes starting to go through them. Um, yeah, we're total nerds on this case, on the on this topic. The, uh, the Hula Bowl uh, released their measurements earlier this week uh, from the prospects that are attending there. And we got some good, juicy stuff to get into. So, Mark. Uh, we didn't talk too much about this beforehand, other than I'm sure. So I'm sure we got a lot of the similar names. But what was your what's your initial reaction here to uh, Hula Bowl this week? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. First thing that really caught my eye, and I knew he was going to measure very well. I knew he was going to be up near the verified 36 inch range for arms and being you know six five two seventy something in that ballpark. Uh, Eric Watts from uh, Connecticut, and I was surprised yeah. that he hasn't gotten a tribal invite. I know Jim liked him a little bit early on in the season. I thought maybe he could even go senior. Uh, and the fact he didn't get trying is surprising. So the me- measurement for him, uh, 6'5 and a half, 273 pounds, uh, 9 and 6 ace uh, inch hands, 35 and 6 ace inch arms, and 85 and 6 ace inch wingspan. So I think he stands out from pretty much everyone else in this game. I don't know if 
you know, not say he shouldn't beat this game. I think he should be a little bit higher, but uh, it's definitely one that stands out from the pack. Yeah, and clearly, you know, I, I wrote him up. I've got a final grade on him actually already uh, from earlier this year, but we knew that he was going to have the length, right? And like you mentioned, we knew that that was going to happen. You know, he he's a project player for sure at this point. Um, I think that there's some good tools there. Obviously, anytime you see that kind of size and length and, you know, that ability, that's, that's obviously eye-popping. But, you know, he's got some refinement still left to his game, I think. And hopefully the hula ball is going to help answer some of those questions and the practices and all that stuff. Also, it is, I'm glad that you brought that up. It is surprising he hasn't gotten a Shrine Bowl invite because I believe two players did. I don't know if, they, if they're out officially or anything like that, but uh, Mike Edwards, an offensive tackle from Campbell, who also measured in really well. Uh, I'm getting that pulled up right now. I know that you've got this in front of you. but So Mike, Ed, Mike Edwards, 6'5", 2'8", 366 pounds, a little bit heavier than people were expecting because uh, I think I had him, I was thinking he was going to be about 340. Uh, 10 and a half inch arms, almost thir- just a tick shy of 36. I'm oh, sorry, 10 and a half inch hands, 36, just a, sh- a tick shy of 36 inch arms and an 87 and a fourth inch wingspan. Um, offensive tackle, obviously length is huge. 366. Maybe that's a little heavy, mm-hmm. but I, but he, he opted out after the first day of practice, uh, he's not in Orlando, so I believe he's probably on his way to the Shrine Bowl. The other one that opted out uh, after a day of practice was Trey Knox, the tight end from South Carolina. He's a little bit undersized, came in under 240 pounds, 6'3", uh, 79, just, just a tick shy, 80-inch wingspan, 33 six eighth arms. So I believe he's, he's also not in Orlando right now. Uh, sounds like he's probably going Shrine Bowl too. So... That's a couple guys I think that have gotten the invites up to this point. I mean, there's going to be a few more. You know, they'll get either Shrine or they'll get Senior, depending on who stays, who drops out. You know, there's always a few really late dropouts out of these All Star games. Usually, like the day before, uh, five or six will drop off, and they'll send out re- for replacements. But uh, that's, I believe, that's my understanding. Is that they're going the Shrine Bowl? Gotcha. Yeah, Knox. I was interested in because I thought given how there's basically no true fullbacks in this class. Um, and Jim was kind of scratching and clawing to find guys who could kind of fit that role. You know, guys like Jimmy Bell, who are kind of more of that hybrid fullback tight end type guy. I figured Knox might have a shot to get all the way up there. Obviously, he hasn't been, if I recall, going to be quite as productive later on as mm-hmm. he was earlier on. Um, so it's probably played into this. But, yeah, um, especially given the, the lack of depth in the tight end class, he was another guy that was like, hmm, I was surprised he didn't get Shrine Bowl immediately heading into the process. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think it might be the size for him that kind of hurts him a little bit, 6'3", 240, you know, so it's not that's not exactly ideal tight end size. I mean, we're starting to, when I say we, the NFL is starting to use um, these smaller tight ends a little bit better, right? And, you know, like the Irv Smith Jr. comes in the league, nobody really knows what to do with them. Well, now they're putting them in the slot, and they're using them more as big slot wide receivers and not asking them to block in line as much. Um, I know that I was I was personally watching some Duke today, uh, looking at a couple of guys over there because you know Grant Barton, one of my favorite offensive linemen in the class, uh, could probably play all five positions. And then uh, there's actually a hula ball player there, Jalen Calhoun, but they got a tight end. I don't think he's coming out this year, probably next year, and he's kind of right there in this mold, the six three two forty, 
can't really block very well, but effective receiver, you know, so that's a, a role that's opening up in the league, I guess is my point. And that's where Knox would kind of fit in at the next level. So uh, anybody else pop off the, ch the charts at you? I know that yeah. I, I wrote an article about it this week, so it's kind of like <laughs> I'm trying to let you get all you guys out <laughs> before I go to mine. Yeah, no, I, I'm just going through, and I think the one thing I would throw out here too, and it's it's not always positive with these games, right? Like sometimes you, you'll see a guy weigh in, and you're just like, eh, I was, mm. you know, you kind of have certain expectations. So, for instance, I'll give you an example of Blake Watson from Memphis. I thought he might end up going back. He ends up coming out in this class, and I had the conversation with an agent who was interested in him, and and the the thing that kind of hung got me hung up on him was if he's really sub five ten, and let's say he's listed one ninety five. What if he comes in? He's below one ninety. You know what? What? What does that look like? And then let's say you get down into that size category. What happens from there? If you end up having poor speed at that size, it's like, hey, that might be game over. So he measured in um, 187 pounds, zero eight six eight hand, uh, twenty nine forty eight uh, arm, and seven one twenty eight wing. So a smaller guy for sure. Five oh nine five one eighty is on the very very low end for running back. And so I think. With a guy like that, and, and we, we could probably pick out a few other guys that are in that ballpark from this whole group here as well. But it's just like, hmm, if you're down in that size category and you end up having very poor speed or something like that and you have a poor process, it can completely push you out of the draft all the way to, you know, maybe I don't want to say Watson's going to go as low as tryout because he's I, I thought he was a decent player, but maybe into that lower PFA type tier. So I think starting to get some answers on how these guys measure what they're actually, you know, kind of built like and, and what we can kind of expect from them going forward. Uh, I think it's, it's sometimes disappointing, you know, sometimes it's not always, Oh, this guy's so big and long and this and that. Sometimes it's like, mm, darn, that guy measured uh, with uh, worse measurements than I expected him to. And it's funny that you bring up Watson. Cause now the 187, yeah, that was surprising, but I actually thought he was going to be closer to five, eight than he was you know, where he is at five, nine. So I, I thought that the height for him was a positive, but yeah, being one eighty seven, not great uh, for your prospectus, especially when, you know, you just lack size in general. Um, that's not great. A couple of guys also that kind of popped at me. I thought I liked Isaac Rex's measurements. Um, Isaac's a guy that's kind of fallen off the, the face of the planet. Cause if you remember Mark, I think back when you were really active on social media, like back in those those golden days of uh, getting into draft media, Isaac Rex was a hot name, you know, and it was he was a young player, and uh, I think he I believe he had also been on a mission trip. Most of those BYU players are and come in late, so he could have come out. But then he had the ACL injury, missed the end of the season, and then uh, people were worried about him coming back from that. He hasn't been as productive since then, so I felt like seeing where where he actually was coming in at six five. Uh, just a little over that 244, having a little bit of decent length to him as well. I thought that was a good measurement for him. Um, Travis Glover, dude. Georgia State. Before before we get into Glover, let me cut you off and ask you with Rex, for instance. So the length measurement on him, 31.48. How do you feel about tight ends with shorter arms? Because that's one thing I always kind of get hung up on is like I remember Nick Muse when he came out of um, South Carolina a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Made it like you know 31 4 8 somewhere that ballpark. I had shorter arms for a tight end, and I was really, really hard on him for that. How much of that do you value in terms of the blocking ability, in terms of just your length when you're engaging the run game, 
and how much do you value from a catch radius standpoint and playing, you know, in those contested catch situations? Personally, as a tight end, I'm not going to value that as much. You know, I'm not going to add that to the evaluation as much. You know, so to me, when you got a tight end, yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes you got to block. Okay, I get that. But with the, especially with the way the NFL is going in terms of, of moving guys to the, per, the perimeter and trying to more perimeter-based type runs, especially with stuff like Miami's doing, San Francisco had done, obviously, because of Mike McDaniel, that, that influence starting to creep in across the league. I think that most of the time he's going to be engaged with boundary defenders, right, as a tight end. Because the tight end is going to have the athletic ability. You're going to put them out there more, and you're going to be getting with, the, with the, the boundary defenders who most have 31-inch arms in that range, in that ballpark range. So to me, that doesn't, that doesn't – I'm not worried about that as much. Now, if I wanted Rex to be an inline tight end, yeah, I might be a little bit more worried about it, right, because you're going to have to block uh, – linebackers and potentially defensive ends more. I'm, I don't want Rex in that situation. Personally, I, I'm in the big slot type camp with him. He's, he was a wide receiver at BYU. He can stretch the field vertically. I'm not worried about him so much as a blocker. I want him as a, as a weapon. So I don't think so. Not obvious. I'm not saying he's going to be an early round pick by any means. He's not, but as a late round addition that comes in and can give you some valuable reps and stretch the field vertically. And, and as a receiver, I like him in that area, right? Where, even if he doesn't get drafted, even if he is a PFA, a high priority free agent, he's gonna he's gonna make an impact. He's gonna be productive. In terms of contested catch situations, again, if you're six five already, do you need long arms? Especially when a lot of the safeties you're going up against. Well, yeah, a lot of the safeties you're going up against are six one, six two, right? Or even or even smaller than that. So, you really, if you're six five, you already have the length advantage. Uh, I think that was something that Gores, Mark Gorsak, I always re- I refer to him a lot um, on the show because he's one of my mentors, really helped me in terms of scouting and, and understanding what I'm looking at and that kind of stuff. He always would say, hey, don't get caught up in the minutia. All right. Is he tall? Yeah. Okay. Then don't worry about the length if he's going to, when you think about matching up against defenders. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have 33 inch arms. How's he going to out jump the safety? Because he's already taller than the safety. He's already bigger. He doesn't need the arms. So to me, I, tight end length, 31 and a half inch arms, that's fine to me, as long as they ain't 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if they're 30, then that might be more, we might be talking more as a problem going, okay, why is he 6'5 with 30 inch arms? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the Georgia State, Glover. You see his measurements? Did that surprise you? Uh, I haven't watched Glover, so you'll have to carry the one here, but he was certainly one of the guys of all the the tackles. I mean, the tackles across the board measured pretty well, but that one particularly stood out just from the combination of the size and the length. Yeah, 6'6", 338, 34.5-inch arms, 84.5-inch uh, wingspan. I So I, I've given him a really good look. Um, he's been a starter for five years now. Isn't that crazy to say? He's a red shirt. He had a red shirt year where he didn't play. He's been a starter for five years. Um. And, and he's, he's done pretty well for himself. He's a strong, smooth, very smooth lateral quickness, quick, bounces from side to side really well. I really liked his pass set. I thought his anchor's pretty good. He doesn't show a lot of ability to recover when he's in a compromised situation. That's one uh, issue. When he loses momentum, he can't sell himself very well. Uh, but he's a decent run blocker. He's kind of, he to me, looks like a backup left tackle, right? And a guy that potentially... If you had to start him, you're not going to feel bad about it. So um, 
I liked him on tape. I think that he's right there in that fifth, seventh round range, right? Uh, in terms of what he can, because he's he's going to be able to play left tackle. And then with the 34 and a half inch arms, now we're talking about some real length, um, which he showed on tape. And that's why he was really able to kind of control a lot of the play, a lot of the uh, defenders that he faced in the Sun Belt. There weren't any games that I saw where he had any real issues with anybody in particular. Now, I also didn't watch every game he played. He's been starting for five years. But I liked what I saw uh, against Coastal Carolina um, and those types of opponents, which traditionally have been well, have played well in the Sun Belt. Um, so those, I, I was I was impressed with his measurements and then to go back and look at the notes and go, okay, well, it makes sense. He's 6'6", and he can kind of get down low enough to, to handle stuff. So I like him. I thought that was great for him, you know, to come in with that kind of size. That's a huge help. Do you have any other guys on the offense side of the ball that stood out to you, or would you want to keep it moving along to the defensive side? Uh, let's get to the defense um, because there's going to be some good guys over here too. <laughs> we already touched on one uh, disappointing defense, and not not trying to get all negative or anything here. AJ Simon at Albany. Um, I went down that that rabbit train because I didn't know who he was until he was invited. He was a late invite to the Hula Bowl, and I was not tracking him at all. And I went and I looked at him against Marshall actually, which was a good one to look at because Ethan Driscoll. Their left tackle just got into the senior bowl. And golly, dude, he's quick. He's quick, and he's explosive, and he knows how to use his hands. And I'm sitting there going, how did I not know who this guy was? Well, now I see why Albany, when you look, when you realize that there's like six or seven guys in Albany that are decent, that actually probably have a shot at the NFL, you go, okay, well, that makes sense why they made the deep playoff run this year because that came out of nowhere. And then their quarterback just transferred to the University of Miami as well. Um, where, as in Miami, Florida, um, but I was thinking he was going to be longer than he was. He comes in at six one, two sixty five, just a tick shy of thirty two inch arms. And as you know, Jarvis, sometimes there are several NFL teams that the cutoff for them is thirty two inch arms. He did not make that threshold. See, I was curious to look it up um, and see where he was listed. So he was – because this is – I don't know if you saw. I had a, a little bit of a thing about tweeting about the measurements and yes. how I come up with arm-length estimates and that sort of thing. And so one thing I'd like to do is trying to kind of prepare for that and get at least close enough to where, hey, I get a rough estimate, right? And so with a guy like that, you know, I think sometimes you can get tripped up if you go on there on the, the school roster and say, hey, this guy's 6'3". And then you look at him, you go, okay, let's believe that he's 6'3". Oh, he, no, no, no. I knew he was 6'1". <laughs> you look at his length and you say, okay, well, if he was 6'3", let me compare him to 6'3 guys, right? How does that length compare to other guys that would be 6'3"? You might go, 33, maybe 32 and a half. And then turns out he's really 6'1". Oh, crap. He's going to be way further down. They had him listed at 6'1". So off there, I, I would have said immediately, as soon as I saw that roster, I'd be like, mm, man, I don't know. 6-1 is a defensive end, scary, but like you said, extremely productive guy. Just one of those things, like you said, it's not all good news when you get these measurements on some guys, right? Like, for mm -hmm. instance, Judge Culpepper from Toledo was a guy that I was really excited about. Uh, 6 288, had like nine and a half sacks this year, playing at Toledo, big year, and uh, thought he moved pretty well. Kind of remind, reminded me a little bit of like Scott Matlock, who um, yep. at Boise State last year, and I was like, hmm, this guy could be pretty interesting as a, as a, as a late-round pick. 
And I know he's going to run decent because he ran, you know, a verified near five second 40 uh, in the spring and comes in 31 inch arms. Ugh. It's like, okay, now we're probably having a bunch of teams kicking him off for that. Of yep. It's not every team, but the odds of him just, you know, landing in the late rounds just dropped quite a bit based on that. Yeah, no, I saw that one too. And I immediately, cause you did tweet about him and, but that's one of those, again, we're ha- having this question. Why is he six, four with 31 inch arms? How did that happen? You know, and that's, yeah. it's unfortunate. Well, and one thing I think that's interesting too, you could point to this is like, I always look for what's the comparison between the, the wingspan and the arm length, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have in the spring guys will measure and they'll have really, really big wingspan and they'll have smaller arms or really, really long arms, but a smaller wingspan. And so sometimes that's a combine scout who's kind of hasn't really got it down to science as far as how you measure arm length and that sort of stuff. And so if the, the wingspan and the arm length are really, really far apart from where they normally are, you can go, hmm, maybe that's going to change. As Something's off. Yeah. Something's off. Like Blake, Blake Freeland, I think it was last year uh, in the spring, it was listed with like 35 inch arms. And then by the end of the process, it was like 33 and seven eighths. Uh, and it matched the wingspan more. So maybe with some of these guys, like for instance, I, I look at someone like a, a, a uh, Anthony Goodlow. So Anthony Goodlow came in with 34 and 6 eighths inch arms, but only 82 inch wingspan. Pretty notable wingspan, but a lot of these guys that are up into that, you know, near 35 inch arm category, a lot of them you're talking 83 and a half, 84 yeah. inch wingspan, so on and so forth. So I think some guys like that, you might see a change where, hey, Goodlow, by the time his pro day hits, we're getting closer to 34. Um, I think Culpepper's probably going to stay around 31. He measured in with near uh, 75 and a half inch wingspan. So mm-hmm. I don't think that one's going to change too much. Uh, hopefully it does because it will help him uh, in, in the pre-draft process. But it's uh, just something to keep in mind whenever we're seeing arm lengths and wingspans that are very, very different. Sometimes when you see – I think another thing that popped at me is sometimes you see these linebackers measure in and – First off, this the hula ball has a lot of guys under six foot. So, you know, when you see a linebacker measure in at six two, just a tick shy of six three, so seven eighths, you're like, whoa, wait a second. Now, that's why I'm bringing this up. Craig Young came in out of Kansas at six two and seven eighths and two fifteen, thirty two and uh, three eighth inch arms. Two fifteen. Now we're almost talking about. Are you are you a linebacker? Or are you a safety? And Craig Craig played, you know, like the Mike at, at Kansas this year and, and did so pretty well, I thought. I wasn't sure about, you know, draftable, but I saw six two seven and two fifteen. I thought, ooh, maybe you're not a linebacker. Maybe maybe I'm gonna start thinking about you being a rover, you know, a star defender, nickel def- star rover. There's so many different terms for that position. I see. That's what I see when I start thinking about you know when I see measurements that are a little bit off compared to well maybe maybe I'm looking at you at the wrong position you know maybe is that something you do too? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And one thing I will say too though is sometimes guys do have let's say they come into the week a little bit sick or they had some other you know circumstance that kind of caused them to have that. Like a couple years ago, um, it was Devonta Price out of um, Florida uh, International. He came into the Senior Bowl and he was like what two hundred pounds. It's like Whoa, he thought it, you know, we he was listed 220. Like, what happened by the end of the process? He was 220, whether it was he was sick or whatever it was in the week, something was up. And 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 then we saw that change as the uh, you know, 
uh, pre-draft process progressed. So maybe Young, we'll see him to get up into the 225s, 230s. Once he starts pre-combine prep, and I don't know if he's going to the combine, but let's say he does, or let's say he just works out his pro day, that pre-draft prep is going to probably put 10, 15 pounds on him, uh, assuming that you're projecting him to be, he's not fast enough to be a safety. Uh, so I think that's one of those things, you know, you can kind of track as guys go through this process. You know, you look at someone like Jalen Duncan, who, uh, you know, fell a little bit in last year's draft. He was in the 290s in the spring. Okay, maybe that's an inaccurate uh, weight because they have him listed on the roster at 320. He comes into the senior bowl. He's in the 290s. Combine, he's in the 290s or low 300s. And then pro day, it's like he came in at like 320 or something. You're like, what's going on? And we're like, what's the deal with this guy? That ain't just water weight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of those things just trying to track that throughout the, the pre-draft process. And some guys, they want to show, hey, I can get up to this weight. You know, they might come in at the combine 230, and then they go into the pro day, they're 225 or 220. And it just depends on what they're trying to prove that day, what they're trying to show with their body, of how they can adjust, and what what type of role they fit. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Is there anybody else that popped on defense to you? Um, just going through the defense, there wasn't anyone like was you know mind blowing as far as the measurements. One guy I would throw out here too, and, and it's a player that I'm interested to track throughout this process. I haven't studied him, but I know Jim had mentioned him. And so based on Jim's comment, I'm kind of keeping a close eye on him. Tyler Owens from Texas Tech. Jim said uh, he's basically – he has the, a great chance to be the first, you know, true special teams player to be drafted. So 6023, 207, 9 uh, and 3 inch hand, 33 and 1 inch arm, and 80 and 2 inch wingspan. And uh, in high school, I think it was like a 10-3 or a 10-4 in the 100 meter. So he's probably going to run in the four threes. He's probably going to fly, and at that weight – uh, and that overall size, that's one of those guys where, like, hmm, I, I would understand why he only got the hula bowl, but at the same time, those height, weight, speed freaks tend to elevate themselves throughout the process. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned him because I was looking, I was kind of eyeing him up there a little bit too, going, hmm, that size is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, do have to go ahead and mention one last guy before we wrap this episode up today. And uh, he's kind of been the, headline star at the hula ball this week and i say headline star he's, it's a media type thing but he is an interesting prospect so i think he's worth mentioning and that's john rice Plumley, the quarterback from ucf right so first off the hula ball is hosted at the university of central florida so they try to bring in as many guys from central florida as they can it really helps the event you know connect with the community and get more people involved and you know obviously with the tickets too so with john rice Plumley. He's worth mentioning because he kind of popped out on the scene a few years ago at the University of Old Miss when he put up 200 rushing yards as the quarterback against the University of Alabama, which, salute. I mean, saluting all week, Nick Saban. <laughs> Congrats, man. Wow. Wow. What a career. But um, John Rice Plumley is, is an athletic freak. At the end of his career, he moved, or at the end of his career at Old Miss, he moved from quarterback to slot receiver where he was – decently productive, played some played some snaps, was learning the position, then transfers to UCF, plays his last two years. And Jim talked about him through most of the, the, uh, the summer and talked about just how much better he was as a passer from a mechanical standpoint. He'd taken so many strides, and we saw it a little bit. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned him because he's really interesting, Jarvis, in the process with the way that these quarterbacks and, you know, with the class still trying to separate on the back end, you know, Maybe he's one of these guys that gets an opportunity to come into a camp, play out, and maybe he surprises some people because he's a natural athlete. Yeah. 
Well, you two things. One, you mentioned UCF. How many guys are you know coming into this hula bowl because it is local? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just want to throw out another guy too, real quick. Jason Johnson, their linebacker. I really yeah. like him. I thought he can move pretty well. He's a guy I'd be looking at as a potential PFA. Be testable enough. He might even be a, a late round pick. But you mentioned Plumley. Um, I'll be honest. I spent a lot of the summer on the quarterbacks. I didn't get as much into some of the other positions, but quarterbacks I got a lot of time with. And I was really excited that they're using both Plumley and Kansas Jason Bean as receivers as well there. Uh, those are two guys that they're really, really unique athletes for their size. I think Plumlee has a better projection just because he has more experience. I think he's more kind of built for the NFL from a size standpoint. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams view him. I would love to be a fly on the wall in a room to kind of understand, you know, do you view this guy as a quarterback? Do you view him as a wide receiver? I think as a quarterback he would be, I don't want to say like practice squad caliber passer. Um, I don't think he's that type of guy who he's like that – you know, can come in and really just hold his own from a passing standpoint yet in the NFL. But I think the tools are going to have to where if you want to try to develop that and then also have that that uh, ability as a runner, that kind of unique athleticism to build around, I think it would be worth – I don't know if he's going to get picked. Um, I think if he tests well enough and impresses in interviews, I think he could. But I think the more likely path is he's going to be a high-priority free agent coming on a practice squad and offer some really unique aspects to what he brings to the building. Absolutely. And Jason Bean, too, made some hell of throws at the University of Kansas, too. He made some hell of throws. Deep ball thrower. Beautiful. But still project, kind of a project outside of that. But, hey, dude, that's about going to wrap up the show today. You got anything else that you want to throw out before we wrap this thing up? Nope, I think that'll do it. And that's been the Hula Bowl reaction video. Uh Going through the measurements. See, measurements are very important in this part of the process. It helps us get through the final part of our evaluation. So really excited. Hula Bowl. Be sure that you tune in. I believe it's be on the CBS Sports Network. You can watch it on Saturday. Check it out. Watch the football. Enjoy the stars playing one last time before they move on to the next level. So for Mark Jarvis, I'm John Vogel. Shane, back in the studio. Let's get out of here. That's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.